can we give them just a hand of, of they take they take time to prepare and lead and I just appreciate it uh, I know they don't do it for the applause but um, it's good to encourage people right yes. I like to be in, thank you Bianca you were very loud just then oh, yeah. uh, if you don't have a Bible we have them here and I would love for you to have one um, we're going to talk about its importance today uh, but if, if I've got three right here if there's more people that go I don't have one but I'd like to have to have one it's it's my free gift our free gift from the church to you so just come up here. You can take it. Uh, write your name in it because a lot of those look alike. So um, if, you're, if you're going to take it, I want you to use it. If you're going to, but if you take it right in, you use it. Write your name in it so it, it's yours. It, it's no charge. So when Ben tries to tell you, hey, you can't leave until you pay me ten dollars for the Bible, tell him yes, sir, because he's really tall and scary looking. <laughs> um, camp promo. Did y'all like it? So uh, there, there was a couple clues to the theme of camp in it. Oh, some of you are like, what? And that's the only time you'll see that one. Because uh, the one that we post online will we'll have some of those clues not quite as clear in them. But now you're like, what? You're kidding me. So that's going to be fun. Are we ready to jump in the Word? Sort of. Sort of. I'm ready. We're in week six of our series on Sermon on the Mount called, our, our series is Beautiful Attitudes and Simple Truths. That's right. Very good. Very good. You, you were thinking about it. You just didn't want to say it because you didn't want to like brag how smart you were. Uh, we're in the book of what? Matthew written by? Matthew. He, he, he wrote the book to who? Jewish Believers, very, very good. Jewish believers, we're, we're just getting into this book. We're just sort of getting back in together as a group, so I know these things aren't, aren't sticking yet. Who preached the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus. You can say it's the Sunday school answer. Jesus preached it. So as we work through this, um, every time I've prepared and read through this, I've been like, I'm just not worthy. I'm just, he's, the truths that he speaks and the way he speaks them or you know almost just once you go hey just read it and we'll talk about it uh, like you talk to me about what, what but we're going to sort of work through it some um we're going to look at the importance of scripture today and um at mercy hill we, we we would take a position and if you've been here any amount of time in our youth group or in our church that we we have a high view of scripture that means uh, what what the word of god says um is what we're supposed to do uh, that we're not sort of sort of picked to it. We how we respond to the world. We we, we try to live by what the Word of God t- tells us how to how to respond. Now now when when I come home and I uh, when I go in my bedroom and I don't take off my shoes because I've been running outside. And my wife's like like hey, don't track your 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 feet on the the rug by the bed. It's going to get it all. Nasty. The Word of God really doesn't tell you specifically how to deal with that, what the right approach is. But it does tell, tell, tell me to love, love my wife like Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. So it doesn't, but it does. So there's many things I could go, well, it doesn't tell me how to do this. Well, I think if you read it enough and you understand it enough, most everything you face in life, you can solve it with what's in the Word of God. Now, it's, now new math, no, because new math is stupid. But... Uh, old math makes a lot more sense. Um, so, uh, Word of God, high view. Uh, this is I- inspired by God, written by man. 
Uh, I could go into a lot of, of how it was written. We're not going to go in, in that. We don't have time. The question is, why is this so important? Why is this so important? Because where you stand on the Word of God and what you believe about the Word of God, that will, will shape every conviction and decision you make for the rest of your life by just where you stand with this. So if you can understand this and, and, and believe in the Word of God and, and what, what, what it's for and what God meant it for and live by this, it will shape everything you do. And I've, I've, I've thought about this. I've thought, dear Lord, this could be the most important thing I, I ever speak to my youth group. Because, man, if you can get this, it's going to change everything. Everything. Um, <clears throat> we live in a time when the authority and importance of Scripture is under attack. Uh, it's under attack not only outside the church, it's under attack inside the church. And so I want to take a couple minutes just to talk about some beliefs. Not when I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about the church, the worldwide church, or more of the American church on what they, they believe. And this is, these are some things that they believe. Um, one of them, there's a few years ago, a, a, a leader in the Christian cir- circles came out with a movement called the Red Letter Christians. Do you know what the red letters are in your Bible? Some of you may not have them. They may be all black, but some, like mine, might be red. Do y'all have ones? That, who here has like red red letter? So, what do the red letters mean? Okay, the words of Jesus are red letters. Now, let me explain something because as we look at some of the 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 beliefs that are in the world about uh, about the Word of God. Um, it doesn't take much change to, to, to get off course. Like, uh, and I was reminded of a little thing in, called a comma, and it's important for you students that have English and are in school that when you write that you get your punctuation right because if you don't, it can change everything on what you meant to say. Example, my wife has this shirt, and I think I've got a, okay, so this is what the shirt says. On the top it says, let's eat, Bob. So, okay, bears are talking to Bob. Bears don't talk, I understand. For the sake of the shirt, they want to eat with Bob. That's what the, the comma means. If you take that out, it says, let's eat Bob. And then commas save lives. She, she loves this shirt. Y'all, y'all don't understand. Y'all are like, but she's an English ma- major nerd. Okay, so even that comma, for Bob's sake, is very, very important. So understand that in the Word of God, even a small change, go, well, they believe mostly of what I believe. It's just a little bit of change. Understand a little bit of change can change everything. The problem with the book uh, that was written in the movement of red-letter Christians, and here's a slide that just sort of gives a red-letter slide, I think. I've got it somewhere up there. Is that right? So it may have crashed, if not. Not that one. The one, two, there. Okay? Red-letter. Okay. So, so their whole point is, the red, red letters in the Word of God are the most important part of the Word of God. And if we, I believe in the Word of God, they say, but I really believe, I really believe in the red letters. And so that's what I'm going to, to really, when I'm not sure what to do, those will rise to the top. Everything else doesn't count as much as the red letters. What's wrong with that belief? Well, 2 Tim, Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. And useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture is. Jesus' words, very, very important. Paul's words, very, very important. Moses, very important. Jeremiah, very important. 
understand it's all important. When someone begins to go, well, this is just a little bit more important to me, look out. They're not taking the full counsel of the word of God. Full counsel. Are you with me still? Second group. Back in 1985, there was a group of men who thought they were very smart and great. That's a problem. Anytime you ever find a group of men like this, and there are many in this world, or women just alike, um, but they were scholars. And if you've ever seen on Historical Channel or Washington Post or New York Times, they always refer back to a thing called the Jesus Sem- Seminar or the Search for the Historical G- Jesus. Have we, have we ever heard of that, that before? And whenever you hear that in mainstream media, it's this group of guys, some that study the Word of God, some that just were sci- scientists, and this is what they did. This is cra- crazy. They took the red letters in the Bible, and they took these beads. I think we have beads. Go back one. Is it back one? Maybe, yeah. They took these beads. Red bead, a gray bead, a, 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 a red bead, pink bead, gray bead, and a black bead. And what they would do is they would read a verse of, of Scripture of what Jesus said, and in a bowl they would put in one of their beads. Red bead meant they believed that Jesus said it for sure. It was his words exactly. Pink bead, bead meant, well, it probably wasn't, the wording wasn't right, but it was probably the gist of what he was saying at the time. Gray bead meant, well, it definitely wasn't something that he said, and uh, it might have been partially of what he meant, but it wasn't really, really, really close. Black bead meant he didn't say it, there was no chance, chance, chance of it. So they decided to take the God, 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 gospels. Boy, let's not say that word a lot tonight. Uh, we don't have time. And, and, and figure out what was really true. What, what did he really say? Because these smart men came together to do this. They came up at the end, only 18% of, of, of what Jesus said was um, either a red bead or a pink bead. 18%. In the gospel of Mark, Nothing was read except for the where he says uh, Jesus says render to Caesar what is is Caesar's and to God what is God. That's the only thing that they said. They um in the beatitudes that we've just taught on, blessed are the poor in spirit. That got a pink bead. They went oh that's pretty good. Blessed are the poor, but blessed are those persecuted for. Right, right, righteousness sake, that got a gray bead. Blessed are the meek, the merciful, the pure in heart. Peacemakers got black beads. I do not know why. So look out when you hear on the, the media in the world when they talk about, hey, scholars believe this or this is who Jesus was. They're, 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 they're using a flawed account. They, 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 they take this and, and they tear it up. That's called the Jesus Sem- Seminar. Are you with me still? Yeah. Hang with me. Okay, third, third, third group. And it's pretty re- 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 recent. And, um, and I'm not trying to bash the guy that we're putting on the screen here because I think sometimes we can all get, get a, a little bit off. But he, he preached a sermon just in 2018. And what it is is they, uh, uh, it, it, there's a push where the New Testament is very important. Man, I'm going to preach the New Testament and the Old Old Testament, not so important. New Testament, God's love, God's sacrifice, Jesus on the cross. Old Testament, God's wrath. I know He's just, but it's just sort of mean and yucky. And so they've they've 
taken the New Testament and said, well, this is much more important. I'm a New Testament believer. Well, we, we, are, we all are in, in some part, but uh, the whole counsel of the Word of God. Now, this, this is what he, he preached. He said, Christians need to unhitch the, uh, t- uh, need to unhitch the Old t- t- Testament from their faith. So he preached this and had all these points uh, a lot of folks uh, in the conservative world jumped jumped on his case. I think he ba- he backtracked some on it, but th- there's a lot of books that are out on this now. New Testament very important, old not so much. And can I tell you both both are very important? But I'll explain that more in a second. A final view is from a guy that I embarrassingly will tell you I used to love to watch this guy preach uh, in 1999, 2000, 2001. Uh, he, he would preach and preach in a way that really brought the scriptures to life. He's gone off the deep end in a lot of ways. His name is Rob Bell. I uh, don't know if you've heard of him or not. But he uh, was on, this was the first warning. If you watch someone and they're doing an interview with Oprah, don't take it as hardcore truth, please. Okay? No offense to her, but I'm just being dead serious. Um, and so he's speaking with her with his wife on a book that he, that he wrote called The Zim Zum of Love. And what, they're, they're talking about how Christians should embrace all types of marriage, not just between a man and wife. So, so understand, this clip I'm, I'm, I'm showing you, I'm not showing you going, yeah, this is us. I want you to sort of see what he says about scriptures in this clip. We want someone to go on the journey with. When is the church going to get that? We're close. I, I think. think it's evolving. I think mm-hmm. it's. Lots of people are already there. We think it's inevitable, and it's we're moments. A moment away. away from the church yeah, accepting it. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Because as soon as you meet someone, and most of the time when people have resistance to this, and I say you, them, you, you think we're moments away. I think culture is already there. Okay. And the church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters from 2,000 years ago as their best defense. When you have The church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters, word of God, from 2,000 years ago as its best defense. Can, can we kick the lights back on a little bit? Good. It's good. Does that, does, does some of you... If you believe in the word of God, you know that he was insulting you, right? You are so weak-minded. Why would you even believe this book? This is, this, and sadly say, he's, he's, he's a part of the world, and, and a lot of what the world believes about the word of God. We're about to stand together, partially to remind us to be, to be in, 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 in honor of uh, God's word that he, he, he gives us because it's so important to us. Uh, we're just going to stand and read three verses uh, and then we're going to walk through what G- Jesus thought about the word of God uh, and, and what he, how can we w- respond to it. So stand with me. Matthew chapter 5. You can look on the screen if you don't have uh, a Bible with you. Beginning of verse 17. Just going to read to verse 19. It says this. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For tr- truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and te- teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great 
in the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray one more time. Dear God, we thank you so much just for this, your word. I just chance to talk about uh, just something that's so important to you, God. And I, I know this is so important for every student and adult to have a firm position where they trust and believe in your word. Lord, give us faith where we struggle. Give us strength when we're weak. Uh, Lord, give us help because we all need it. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a seat. So what's Jesus' view of Scripture? I'm really glad that you asked. I could tell you were wanting to ask that. Um, Because right here he's setting the stage for what he's about to preach through Matthew 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. And he's about to, he's about to lay some things out. He, he talks about, you know, you, you know what said? That, that thou shall not murder, murder. But I tell you, if you hate your brother, it's like murder. He says, you've heard it said, you should not commit adultery. I, I, I tell you, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery with her. He says, hey, I, I tell you... Um, uh, if you judge, make sure you, you look at the plank in your own eye before you try to take the plank, the, the speck out of your your bro- brother's eye. Look at yourself first before you 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 confront and bring it to them. Giving, he says, hey, don't don't be loud and proud when you give. Do it in in secret. Do it qu- qu- quietly. We're just your father in heaven knows. About. So he, he says these truths, and they're all truths that were found in the old. Testament, but now he's 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 bringing them forward. Now look at in verse seventeen. He says this: Do not think I, I've come to abolish the law or the pro, the prophets. Now, when we see the law in Scripture, it's referring to four things. One of four things. The first is the ten commandments. Okay, when you see the law, a lot of times it can be referring to the ten commandments. The second is the is is the Pentateuch, which which is the first five books of the Bible. Who who can name them? What is it? In order, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay, right. The Pentateuch. Okay, so that's the law. That that is referred to the law as well. Also, the law. Third way, it's it's referring to the entire Old Testament script, script, scriptures is referred to as. The law. A fourth way we're not going to talk about a whole lot is a, rep, a, rep, a rabbi would have rules to follow, like the Sabbath, and he would say, "Hey, when you uh, on the Sabbath, so you don't work. If you spit and your spit rolls twice, you've worked and sinned, and you need to go make amends and, and with God. But if you spit and only rolls once, then you've not worked." So that was sort of uh, a rabbi, sort of these little laws that covered everything. It could, could wear you out, but this was their personal interpretation of scripture. Here he does the term law and the prophets. And whenever he talks about law and the, and the, the prophets, it always refers to Old Testament scriptures. So just note this. Jesus had a high view of Old Testament scriptures, and so should we. He um, he refers to old old old, old testament um, sixty four times or or more in the gospels, and it's always as an authoritative truth. It's not something ah uh, they sort of said this, and you might want to do it. And it says right here he didn't come to abolish it. He didn't come to get rid of it. He came to fulfill it. He he he, he came. And when I think of that, I am a little bit OCD when I run, and my wife always scoffs at me and laughs. Um, if I'm running and I um, have run 
four miles because my GPS watch says so. And it starts to pour in rain and, and lightning. And I'm at my house. I'm not going to go inside. Why? Because it's not completed, right? You got to get to four miles. You got to get, it's 3.92 or four. And it's just not, it's not, it's not fulfilled. It's just not, not all the way there. Does that make sense to some of you? Some of you are like, yeah, that's me. That's me all, all on. Um, I'm a problem because I'm so OCD. I was going to run six miles one day, and I decided I felt good. So I thought, you know what? I might run seven and a half miles. And, and I got to seven and a half, and I went, you know what? Seven and a half is a weird number. So I said, let me just go to eight. And I got to eight, and I said, eight's pretty close to ten. And so I went to ten like an idiot because it was just, I just wanted to be complete and full. That has nothing to do with anything. But it's just, understand, Jesus isn't changing the Old Testament. He's completing it. He's, the way he's completing it, he's, he's te- teaching it in a way that you understand it. And you know, because, well, do you know what? If you live in a way that you do not hate your brother or, or sister, the odds are you will never commit mur- mur- murder, Right? If you, um, if you do not lust, there's a very low chance you'll ever commit adultery. Why? Because you're not even going to lust. So he's helping raise the bar in understanding this, how to live the scriptures out in our lives. He's ful- 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 fulfilling it. Now, in verse 19, it's, it will, and he says nothing's going to change. In verse 18, it says nothing is going to change until it's all fulfilled. So if someone tries to change this, and some people do. Uh-uh. Don't, li- don't, don't, don't listen to them. Run away from them. Verse 19. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the k- kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom. So when you go, ah, oh, you know what? I, I know that's what God's word said, but that's really not real important to me right now. Do you understand? I think there are many believers who live this way, and the text seems to point that, right? That, that they're not cast out of the kingdom of heaven. They're just leased in the kingdom of heaven. He says, but those who take the word of God and they do it, and as they do it, they teach others to do the same, they will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you, but man, I want to do great things for God because he's worthy of Anything good I can bring to him. That, that, that's what I want to do. I don't want to be the one who goes, uh, he scraped by and did the least. Because I've lived my life in a, a, a lot of ways, I think, in the past where I was probably one of the least. And I, I, don't, I, I just want to, to do great things for him, to uh, 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 honor him. So don't relax on what the Word, word of God says. Word of God is very important important for you. And why do we teach some of the things over and over and over? Because sometimes it takes us time after time after time to hear the truth before we respond to the truth. And you might go, well, that's not me. I hear the truth. I respond to it right away. Well, goody two-shoes for you. It's not like me and probably I think most people. We just need to hear it and hear it so we respond to it. Verse 20 says this. Don't miss this part. He says, for I tell you, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He's speaking to this crowd. And then he says this. At the end of that, that part, he says, 
unless you are more righteous than the scribes and Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees and scribes were the most outwardly righteous folks in the, in the crowd. They, they would do their prayers right on time each day. They would give the right amount of money on the, on the Sabbath. They would not work and go against God. They would, they would do a lot of things exactly right. And he says this statement, hey, you know how they do things exactly right? It's not good enough. In, in her story, the gospel is right here. You cannot be good enough. You cannot do everything exactly right. You cannot be righteous on your own. That's what Jesus is all about. Even as we teach through the way he says to live, it doesn't matter what you do unless you understand what he's done. Unless you've embraced it, taken it into your life. Because we all sin. We all rebel against God. We choose sin. We lie. We cheat. We steal. We think thoughts that we know we should not think. And it's everything, when you read the Word of God, it's against what God says we're supposed to be. And we can't fix it on your own. As a teenager, I remember trying to be good enough and to fix it, and I couldn't. And God knew I couldn't fix it. And God knows you can't fix it. And that's why he sent Jesus, who was, who was God, who came down from heaven, lived a life as a baby, lived a, a grew up as a man, lived a life, and he didn't sin. I don't understand it. I cannot comprehend how he did it, but he did. And because he lived a life without sin, men hated him for it. Because of what he taught and his his love for God, they hated him for it. He was put on a cross to die, but the cross did, did not kill him. He was put on the cross as a sacrifice for your sins and for my sins. And the cross didn't kill him. It's the weight of sin of mankind that killed him because he didn't have to die for his own sin. He had no sin to die for. That's why he could die for your sins and for my sins because we can't be like this scripture said, we cannot be righteous enough. And so it says on on the cross, he took the wrath and the payment for our sin. And for those who believed in them, he gave righteousness. For, for he, he made him who knew no sin become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. See, we can't be righteous enough, but he made it so we could have it if we put our faith in him. That's why trusting in Jesus is so important. So if you've not, I, I hope you will. And what does that mean? It means this. It's you going to God and understanding your sin and go, God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for uh, going against you. And God, I accept your son uh, by faith uh, into my life. I accept the sacrifice that he made. And, and so I turn from my sin, and I'm going to turn to him, and I'm going to trust him for forgiveness for my sins. And that's how you begin the road to being reconciled with God and right relationship with God. It doesn't just mean heaven later. It means peace right now. It means peace in a, in a world that can be stormy and dark. Y'all wouldn't believe how right when the service be, began in here, darkness fell in a storm. And like it was monsooning. Nat, and Natalie had her kids running in. And uh, she looked like she had swam across the, the river. I mean, it was like just... I don't know what the whole point of that was, but it was really good. It was really dark and stormy. I hope we understand as we are going to work through this text through the next 
few months, the importance of, of Scripture. Are you going to take God's word for what it says, and you're, are you going to let it affect your life? Jesus thought, just to let you know, Scripture was very important. Didn't come to abolish it, to knock it out. He came to lift it up and to show us how to live it. So, man, let's try to do that every day. Uh, and if, if, if you want uh, prayer or to just talk or you're trying to work through fears or struggles or trying to understand, Pastor Dan, I want to believe in this. I'm just not quite sure on a couple things. I'd love to talk to you. And I may not have all the responses to you right now, but we'll make, take time for next week or two for me to look into it or talk more about it or ask Pastor Mike about it because he's so wise. But I'd love to help you. Let, let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for a chance just to open up your word, to talk about uh, the word of God um, that is so important to us, God. And may we uh, embrace it and trust in it as your son did. Uh, Lord, may we be people of the book. May we have a high view of scripture. Uh, may it not make us proud, but may it keep us humble. God, may we um, be convicted uh, against things that you hate, and may we be drawn to things that you love. God, I thank you that we can just meet in here today to talk about your word, uh, just to be together as a family. Um, I thank you for this time. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.